I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, welcome to Under the Radar with me, Sean Hughes. Two special guests in. Uh, one, three, actually. We, we're gonna, we've got an MC, Mischief, from uh, New York. He's flown over to tell us all about this Dawn uh, disco teching. Uh, so, Jared, Christmas is in, Philosophy Award. Two foreigners? Yeah. yeah. Antipodeans, too. I, I prefer the term Johnny Foreigner. But, um, so, do you, do you still go dancing, Jared? Love a bit of dancing. No, you don't. Yeah. Most of my dancing happens at home now. With the kids? With the kids. So, what yeah. kind of music? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's my iPod, so I get to... Uh, well, I... You'd you know have what? to let it go. I lay down it. some 90s, right. lay down a lot of 90s stuff for them. Um, what are they into from the 90s that you love? What are they into that I love? Yeah, what, what um, do they go, yes, this is, that was a good choice. Well, there's going to be embarrassing. Children's theme tune, surely. No, no, no. 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 Bit of uh, culture beat. Bit of technotronic. Technotronic. Yes. This beat is. This beat is. I just remember now, you did that show in Edinburgh. Was it music from the 70s that time? Disco jazz. Oh yes, yes. Where's it your was, memory gone? Um, no, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, now that's what I call music. Twenty one. It was from the. It was from the eighties. Yeah. Right. It wasn't yeah. from Adele's so album sure. then. So Felicity, where is it, like, what age are you, Felicity? I am thirty four. We're the same age, aren't we, Jess? Totes. Yeah, I'm thirty four. Yeah. I could yeah. be your dad. No, you couldn't. How could old you? are you? Forty-nine. Last let's month. do the maths. Well, that's not no cards. You could not be my dad. What, I mean, fourteen. Yeah, well, in Ireland there was very little to do. That's yeah. true. Well, where the town that I'm from, or the area that I'm from in Australia, in the '90s had the highest rate of uh, youth suicide and teen pregnancy. Wow, that's a. I know. That's a combo. I'll be honest. You could be my dad. Because when I was 14, I, was. I, I do too. Uh, you look like you'd give very comforting hugs. I'm glad you finished that with hugs. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, when I was 14, I used to pump out a lot of stuff. So I'm just oh, saying, you could have got anyone pregnant when you're 14, because you'd... you'd big old yeah, but you need, a lot of junk comes out. But you out. need to be having sex at 14 too. Like, just yeah. because you masturbate a lot doesn't mean that you're... You're talking having... to a guy who lost his virginity. Yeah, what age? At, 18. Yeah, I was 18. Yeah. 19? Yeah! Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't even want to. I just had to be drunk to do it. So I had to yeah. wait till I was 18. And the only reason I lost my virginity at 19 was because I had the sexual mind of a 12-year-old. Nice. We had no sex education in Ireland. <laughs> so it was getting more and more embarrassing. I couldn't be 24 and going, is this hey. a penis? Is this a period? <laughs> no, yeah. darling. I thought I'd lost my virginity at the age of 16, <laughs> uh, but she informed me that I happened on her thigh and it didn't count. Huh. Did you not feel it? Well, I thought I was. I thought I was very excited. I thought I was in, but it was her thighs. She must have had really weird thighs. Yeah. No, she was. She didn't know what she was doing either. I think she clamped her well, thighs together, and I she just said that was my thigh. Yeah. She knew more than you. Is it yeah. still? I mean, if it was embarrassing, Sean. All right, we've all been there. <laughs> I have not. I have not been there. If you, if Did you, you have any fumbles then when you were like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I was. I had this weird thing where I was. I was very. I knew that it wasn't the right time to have sex. 
I was like... At 11 in the morning. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I haven't got time for this. I've got I haven't studying brushed to my do. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I just didn't want to have sex before I, it was the right time. I was, and I was very headstrong and... Well, to be fair, I had to emigrate to have sex. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Which is wow. sad. I had sex with an immigrant. Yeah. See, it could have been... <laughs> this is like an exchange program. <laughs> so, no, Felicity, I get the impression you're, where you were brought up was quite small. Small yeah, town. Yeah, so the... the Area that I'm from, uh, like the whole area, is about three hundred thousand people now. Right. Where the town that I'm from is eight hundred people. With it, well, actually, with that's with the three closest towns put together. Wow. So, and then what? what you made your first move to where then? Where, where? S- Sydney. Right. And so, did you start doing comedy there? No, I didn't start doing stand up till I was twenty eight, and that, I, I moved to Melbourne. So that was uh, I, I, comedy wasn't ever a consideration for me ever. I was. So when, when did it become a consideration then? Uh, it was an accident. I did sketch comedy again, not by accident, but I, I, um, I acting is sort of what I did. Right. So and, you were an actor. Yeah, yeah, a very failed actor, very good at making coffee, and uh, I did a play with a dude, um, and he was directing the next university review at Sydney Uni, and at the arts review, and he said, "Do you want to, you know, audition?" And I said, "I don't go to uni." He's like, "Don't worry about it." And then got in, and then, like, the first time I we did some messing around, I'm like, wait, so we only have to be funny. That's all we have to do. Right. Like, there's no super objective and there's no inner narrative. And it was just like, you just be as funny as you but can. You, would you still do some acting, though? Yeah, yeah, I do. Right. Yeah, I do, a little bit. Um, but I just... What, how, how are we dealing with Visa over here, then? Mum's English. Mm. Sweet. And, like and Grandpa's from Northern Ireland, like I'm... From- I realised... I'm a shit actor uh, two years ago when I was getting a blood test done <laughs> and I was really dizzy and I thought I was hiding it very well and the nurse went, are you okay? <laughs> and I went, I'm not very good at this acting. Oh. And I did faint. I think oh. that, did you? Yeah. Did, you, wow. did they revive you with a cup of tea and a biscuit? Well, they said to me, uh, have you got a biscuit on you? And I'm going, I'm 47, the chances are I haven't. I don't like, get up in the morning and go, keys. <laughs> Wallet, oh, emergency Gotta biscuit. Take my cookies but bizarrely, because I've got dogs, I did have a biscuit on me. Oh. <laughs> did you eat it? No, I did. But I, I went out bravado and just went, no, I'm fine. And I knew there was a big queue and just went to the lift. Face down. Faint, fainted. And muscle That's memory, amazing. muscle memory <laughs> kicked in. When they were reviving me, I thought I was being thrown out of a club. Oh, wow. Really? The only time I've ever you know, been asleep in public is if I was drunk. And I was going, I didn't want to be here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was really That's such a My great bag's still inside. My bag's still... Oh, sorry, guys. That's yeah. so good for the with, people... With the cloak group. <laughs> the people waiting in line just going, what happened to me? Were they taking blood out or putting shit in? But it's that thing of, I'm normally okay. I don't look. You know, I'm, I do it like yeah. Shakespeare. I just go, take, take. But um, but for some reason, the doctor was wanting so many tests that she kept on changing the veil. So oh. Yeah. Now, John, where are you from in New Zealand? I'm from uh, I'm from all over. I say from Christchurch because it's big. Uh, well, if three hundred thousand is big, yeah. But for New Zealand, it is its third biggest city. Well, was I think they've lost a lot of people since the earthquake. Yeah. A lot of people have moved out. Many then, did they? Sorry, people move though. People right. move when your house gets yeah. destroyed. You tend and to move also, away. And <laughs> also, the problem with it is they're still getting aftershocks. Loads of swathes of the city have been red zoned, so buildings can't be right. built there ever yeah. again. So people just, uh, I guess, went somewhere less shaky. Okay. Yeah. And is that when you learn to pronounce vowels? Uh, I don't pronounce vowels at all. No, you're good. I'm good. Am I? Yeah. I don't. I don't think about it, mate. 
uh, my dad was in the army, so we moved around loads. Right. So, you know, I was in Singapore for two years. I was wow. born in a tiny town. Wow. Yeah, I was born in a tiny town in New Zealand called Kaitaia, which is right at the tip of the North Island. There's probably about a hundred people in that place. Well, you know, having a competition. Then, yeah, all right. Sorry, didn't want to play top trumps, all but right. uh, nailed it. And, you know, we just moved all over the shop. But I, I call Christchurch home because... We lived there the longest. I was right. there for my formative years from 10 to 20. And um, when did you start doing comedy? I started, I did uh, improv and theatre sports at high school. I got See, introduced to that. similar then. Yeah, I did theatre sports, yeah. but it t- I don't know why comedy never occurred to me. Well, I, um, yeah, I mean... In our school, we did geography, history, and getting beaten up. There was no... Oh, I, I did that as well, especially no, yeah. the beaten up bit. I got um, A-plus in that. Well, I was the recipient, not yeah. the... Uh, yeah. But you were very good at taking it. <laughs> very good. Yeah. good My acting was so good, you see. I was like, yeah. oh, God, you're the best. <laughs> oh, you're so powerful. <laughs> so, and then, like, so both of you, that's a big decision. Like, obviously, I came over to England because there was no comedy in Ireland at the time. But, so well, that's why I came to England. There was no comedy you, in New Zealand. Did you go to Australia first? No, I moved straight here when I was 19 I, to do stand-up. Did you know anyone? Uh, my cousin was over here, and uh, I had met a couple of British comics through the New Zealand Comedy Festival. That's a big deal when you're 19 moving here. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah almost 20. It's 19. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> 19. No, actually, I, I had my... Even I, 20. <laughs> Even 20. Like, I yeah. moved out of home when I was 20. I think it's almost... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's 103. Yeah. Um, well, that is, uh, and so where did you move to first in London? I moved to uh, a flat in Maidervale. Uh, I moved in with my, my cousin. Yeah, did you cross the... <laughs> no, I didn't bother with that shit, Come mate. Um, and, uh, but it was a really nice four-bedroom. Um... And my cousin lived there. There was in one of the bedrooms. There was three people, and the yeah. others there were two. They split the room, the living room, in half with bookshelves, and Dirty three kiwis. other people went in there. No, they were all Aussies. <laughs> we were the only Kiwis in there. And then I was sleeping on a couch, and another guy was sleeping on a couch in the And when did you lounge. fall out with your cousin? Uh, I didn't fall out with my cousin. She was amazing. Um, but after six weeks living like that, I thought, this isn't why I'm here. Six I'm not weeks. here. Yeah, I thought, I'm not here. Yeah. I don't want to know people who are happy with their sleeping arrangement being hot bedding. And I don't know if you know what hot bedding is, but... Uh, I did the one I was 19. So. Or, were you, or were you almost 20? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Almost, yeah. Nine, let's call it 19 and a half, guys. Let's call it 19 um, and a half. Hot bedding is when uh, one person works night shift, okay. and when they get home oh in the morning, God. that... The person who slept in that bed is getting up to go to work, That's so they just jump straight in the bed. That is disgusting. Yeah. I so want no part. What about you when you came over first? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I came over here, do you mean for gigs or for holidays? No, for when, you, when you moved over. Oh, only last year. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is going to be a short interview then. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. But I've, I've been coming back and forth for five years. Oh, oh. It's not a holiday show. No, no, right. I, was, I was coming over here for work for the last five years. Right. So I came over and did Edinburgh for the first time in 2009, and I'd only been doing stand-up for a year by then. And so then I uh, then I came back. I've done all of them except for uh, 2011, and I, then I'd stay either side. So where did you live when you came over first then? Uh, Melbourne. No, no over here first. Oh, uh, to... Is Melbourne on the northern line? Yeah. Sharon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, To Haringey, actually. So, so when I did that um, arts review right. at Sydney Uni, then I ended up getting into this best of sketch show, which went to the Melbourne Comedy so Festival. No, 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 <laughs> no. But then I, 
uh, then we got a TV show, and one of the people that I did the TV show with... This is sounded kosher and kosher. It is. It really does. I ate it for many, many years as an unpaid actor in, in Melbourne. In Sydney. Right. Yeah. Because... When I moved over, I was 19 as well. Yeah. And I... Can we high-five across the yeah. thing with that? That was, that was a difficult high-five. It didn't feel like it. There, there it is. Yeah. No, but I moved over with another Irish comic. We lived in one room yeah. together. Who was the Irish comic? Michael Redmond. I know Michael Redmond. Like, nice guy. Know, nice guy. Two beds in a room in Turnpike Lane. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and I remember, like, like, and this is not to be racist at all, but in Ireland... Here we go. In oh. 80s, Here we no, go. There was no black people, so if you don't come across black people a lot, when you see them first, you're a little bit frightened. Yeah, of know? course. And the first day I went for a walk... I don't know about yeah, of course. No, I, I, mean, I mean frightened, but yeah, of course, <laughs> it's unusual. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And the very first day I went for a walk in the park in Turnpike Lane... This vicious-looking black guy just came up to me and went, Junkie! And I just went, I don't think I can live here. Yeah. And I was on beta blockers at the time. Oh, dear. from a dear. panic attack. Wow. Oh, dear. Did not help. That wow. wouldn't have helped. And wow. basically, before I moved over, because I had a really bad acid trip, I did acid once in my life, and it went very badly wrong. See, that was another good instinct that I had. I knew that if I ever took hallucinogenic drugs, I was never coming back. I just knew yeah. that, so yeah. I yeah. never took them. That people, I was one of those, try everything once, I'm not one of those people anymore. I'm not one of those you, people. I've not done hallucinogenic. Have you done acid? Oh, no. Good on you. I've done, uh, what do you call it, um, marichuana? Mari- yeah, Mary Jane Wana. Uh, that's a yeah. cocktail? Yeah. Mary Jane yeah, it's delicious. It Mint uh, leaves. Well, I went to see a shrink. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Whilst you were on your acid trip? Not, I waited until it was <laughs> over. I waited until I calmed down. Basically, what was happening was, uh, I still can't drink coffee to this day, because the, uh, the kind of, you know, it gets your heart going. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, oh, someone's put acid in, in my Wow. Well, wow, still. Like wow. And I still, it just freaks me out. So I went to see a shrink, and I said, I'm moving over to London to start doing comedy and they went you need psychiatric help <laughs> and I said I'm going anyway because they thought it was a bad career choice well it was pretty much like it was either that or was, I was going to hide under my bed for the rest yeah, of my wow. life and wow. be, like, when you know when you start doing comedy it's very scary yeah it still is I still oh, yeah I'll be honest when I, I was so naive my naivety just got me through all that early stuff because yeah. well youthful energy <clears throat> as well. exactly you know I, I listening for starting off and just throwing <laughs> yeah. I know well, <laughs> 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 I, uh, I'd i done theatre sports and stuff and I'd been doing acting and that, so I was comfortable being on stage. Yeah, because you're with people as well there. Yeah. Mm. If, if and it goes down bad, you go... We're yeah, you're in it together, yeah. But, um, or then, this is your fault. <laughs> yeah, it's the blame game. But I, when I first did stand-up, it was a dare. A mate of mine dared me to do it. Well, that's probably a good one. And, I, you know, I did it and it actually went really well and I was okay, cool. And then I just trundled through just my naivety. Just, I didn't think... That I wasn't daunted by it. Well, it took me until being in London, living way out in Plasdo, and having no money. And I had a gig, a paid gig, fifteen pounds, um, at Blackfriars, and so I had no money to get there. So I walked from Plasdo, which is like East Ham. Yeah. Like I got my little A to Z out. I packed a torch and some sandwiches oh, in my bag. You are and a I, hobbit. I walked <laughs> walked into this rubbish gig in Blackfriars where I got paid fifteen quid, which is cash a lot of money. Then, well, yeah, two two thousand one, maybe two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. When you talk about trundling, when I came over first, it was in a double act, 
and we did six gigs. Five of them went brilliant. Then we played Jungles, died on our ass. And at this, at this point, I was living in a above a hairdresser's in Walthamstow. Nice. Where there was a, what was the name of the hairdressers? Did they have a no cool idea, name? But a shared kitchen, right, where, you know, you have one of those dumb waiters where the other people... Mm. This scouser just bangs open the dumb waiter and goes, Hey, do you want to do some hot knives? I had no idea what to talk about. <laughs> just some form of doing marijuana. Yeah. I'm just going, please go away. <laughs> and we did this next gig. We died. My partner, he just went... Uh, and I knew he was lying. He just went, uh, I've just had a call from home. My sister's not very well. I have to go home. I never saw him ever again. Wow. And I had 12 gigs booked in, which I still did as a single act with the double act. Yeah, so, right. Oh, my God. So bad. Oh, yeah. wow. But, you know, that was my baptism. What else could you fire. do? Yeah. Well, I mean, my baptism was fire. As I came over here and, and rented in a friend's house in Haringey for six months and, you know, barely a couple of thousand pounds to my name. It was fine. <laughs> it was really fine. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you an anecdote about one of the first paid gigs I did over here? Yes. Like, this was... So, <clears throat> I got booked to do a 30-minute set in Bedford. Um, uh, do you remember the gag club, Richard Batsford? I don't Do you remember that guy? Um, anyway, so he books me for that, and I rock up there. It's Rob Rouse hosting, David Haddingham closing. I'm doing 30 minutes. During the day, I'd pulled out my set that I'd done for my New Zealand festival show where I did half an hour. I was like, I have got half an hour. Easily. Easy. And I timed it out, and it came in at 12 minutes right. uh, because <laughs> I'd been doing the open mic circuit, churning through all my material and finding what worked, what didn't work, you know, tightening things up. Suddenly I only had 12 minutes, so I'm on the train to Bedford just thinking, I've only got 12 minutes, I don't know what to do. So I thought, all right, well, I'll open with a strong six, and I'll close on a strong six, and in between, come on, mate, you're an improviser. Yeah? Just do some improv. And I bit it so hard. Like, I remember the first five going really well. And then I just tanked massively. You're very good at kind of being with an audience, though. So I don't yeah, that. not so much back then. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, Did you not do your now? That's what I call music. Two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that idea hadn't occurred to me yet, mate. Um, and also, I need a full choir for that. Uh, <laughs> and I just bit it really, really hard. And uh, total death. And they were very polite. Because there was no heckling, but I just played to utter silence. That's worse. That's um, worse than heckling. Silence yeah. is worse. But I just thought, I've got to do my time. I've got to do my time. And uh, it was £150, which was huge. Right. It, it still is okay. decent money. Still is decent money. Well, this is, the, this is where the story kicks up again. Uh, so Rob Rouse has had a great night. Haddingham storms it. Afterwards, we go into the main barrier area where the manager is. All the audience have left the venue and gone and. 
I've just got to get really good. I, that's the only way I'm going to make a living. You know, I suddenly just started plotting everything out, going, okay, you just can't die on your ass, mate. You can't yeah. die on your ass. And then Dave Haddingham goes, what did you just say? And the guy went, he was shit, I'm not paying him. And Dave went, you will pay him. He's done his job. You will pay him. Yeah. And he was like, no, it was awful. I'm not paying for that. And Haddingham goes really loudly, so... You're saying you're not going to pay one of the comedians, right? So people start looking around. The guy's like, keep your voice down. He goes, I'm okay, keep my oh, voice down. This is you're awesome. not paying one of the comedians, right? And everyone's like, Ugh. And the guy's like, just keep your voice down. I'm not going to pay him because he was awful. Hatting him went, fine, then none of us are taking the money. Throws his money back at the guy. Rob Rouse hesitated for oh, a bit. Yeah, but then he threw his, <laughs> threw his money back. And, the guy, and then Hatting him went, so you're not paying any of us now, right? Awesome. This guy's really embarrassed. He's like, fine, fine, I'll pay him. So he pays the money, and then he picks up the cash off the floor, gives it to Rob and Dave, and uh, then we all get in the car, and I get in the back seat. Start and crying. I said to Dave, I was like, thank you so much for sticking up for me there, because, you know, you don't know me. This is the first time I met you. Give me the money, Jared. No. <laughs> and I said, I died on my ass, and, you know, you, you still stuck up for me. And he went, look, we're all comics. You know, we've got to stick up for each other. Don't get me wrong, you were fucking shit. <laughs> but you deserve to get paid. But isn't that that weird thing of uh, we can admit when we, go, when we don't go well a little bit afterwards, but we don't like to be told straight after it. Oh, no, no, that hurt. Oh, no one likes to be told. You're allowed to admit it, yeah. but yeah. to be told is... But then, even if you eat, eat it in a way that you've never eaten it before, <laughs> you don't want to hear someone go... Mate, that was horrific. I've never seen you do that before. I don't think comics do that. No, they don't. No, we, we no go... but it's always punters, and it's the only. This is the only art form that people feel yeah. okay with just going up to you and going, "That was that was the worst thing I've ever seen." You know, if you're in a play and it sucks, yeah. people don't wait around just they to come leave. up and hurl abuse at you. Do they? No, they just accept it. Yeah. You know, they is, just walk away going, well, that was shit. This is but my no theory. But stand-up people are straight up to you. I know. Yeah. I think it's because with any other type of art, there is a, there's myriad responses that are correct. So you can look at a painting and go, that makes me angry, that makes me bored, that makes me sad, and they're all correct responses. And it's the same with the play. But the, the but other thing is, because they look at us and think, well, you've actually got no skills. All you're doing is talk. Yeah, of course. Of course. But we're not. But the, if they're not laughing, we're just talking. That's but, but that's the thing is that with comedy, the only correct response is laughter. Yeah. That is mm. the only thing that we have to do. Yeah, which is still very very difficult. But be, if people don't get that when they're guaranteed that in their sad miserable lives, <laughs> you <laughs> promised me laughter. I didn't see your show the other night, but you, like by all accounts, you went very well. But you weren't very happy. With no, it, it felt horrible. Yeah, but I've gigged with Felicity so much, and you uh, you're down on yourself quite a bit when you rip it. No, like you're I'm... you're a really harsh critic of yourself, which I think is a, is healthy, but and when, it's fine. But, but I, I I know when I have a really great gig and it feels really good and I've earned it. I'm like, yep, that was awesome. I feel heaps good about that. Yeah. But if I like the gig the other night was just, I I don't know if it's when like past teenage trauma comes in. So there was the gig that we did. Yeah. There was six. Five or six women in the front yeah, row. You made me very nervous about when oh, there's six drunk women at the front. <laughs> they, well, they, it's different for when women attack women yeah. or when women disrupt a show, uh, especially like drunk women in their 30s and up are terrifying <sighs> to me. Because if I start having a go you at other women. You teachers and stuff. That doesn't make it all right. No, you'd think they wouldn't be drunk in the middle of the week. Yeah, of course they, they would. They're getting, they're getting out. You don't know any teachers, do you? 
I do now. <laughs> Got all their numbers. After that gig. Oh. Yeah. I stayed overnight that night. Hey. Yeah, like in Portsmouth. I, um, I enjoy it that we call it an art form, because the other day, uh, some, just a friend of mine said, uh, why do you call it an art form? You're just doing dick jokes. And I went, it is an art form, and don't belittle a good dick joke. Thank you. And by the way... Why don't you go and check out some of those sculptures from the Greek days? All of them had dicks. That was their dick Some gag, of them were and that's just an art dicks. Form. Exactly. Some of them didn't have arms, though. That's no. right. That's crazy. You know the, the Easter Island monument things? They were just massive dicks until someone did some graffiti on it, drew some eyes and shit. Yeah, you're right, Joe. I know. Thank you. Very good point. Thank you. When you said I- Mona Lisa, half smile because she's holding a dick in her hand off <laughs> off canvas. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a well-known... That is a well-known oh, documented fact. If you watch The Da Vinci Code, actually, yeah. that's in there. Yeah. So are you both going to Edinburgh this year? Uh, next year? 2015, yes. Yeah, will you be going to Edinburgh in 2015? Yes. And have you started working on your show? Yes. Horribly. Have you got a name? Yes. What's it called? It's called What If There Is No Toilet. Whoa. Yeah. Three that stars. shit is Three deep. stars written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got one star hanging over it. Yeah, that's right. What's Brown about star. Uh, about my anxiety disorder and IBS. So I do this. <laughs> What's IBS? Irritable bowel syndrome. Brilliant. Sounds like a bank, though, yeah. doesn't it? IBS. Yeah. IBS. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. The assholes you can trust. Are we allowed to swear? Sorry. I didn't well, I I've done it it's a, a bit lot. late now. Yeah, Jared, you go up every year, don't you? Uh, I do, but I don't do full runs anymore, um, just no, because... Uh, yeah, I just... Um, it's uh, a massive financial sinkhole, yeah. uh, even if you, you do well. You bring your family with you, don't you? That's another reason why it's a massive financial <laughs> sinkhole. But now I just go up and do a week, um, and I'll just grab a venue at sort of a late-night slot that hasn't been filled, so I'll get the venue for but then would cheap. You, would you write a full show just for that week, though? Uh, no, but I've been touring uh, this year, so I've got a, I've got a show. Yeah. Um, I tend to... My shows, I tend to uh, develop over the year anyway. Do you know what I mean? I don't sit down and have a have a theme or something like that. I just whatever I've got, I chuck into my show. Have um, you got a name, though? No, I just make up the name at the last minute well, sort of no thing. Well, you don't, because if you're putting it in the programme, you need to Oh, no, in. I don't bother about the programme. That costs money. Right. I just go up and do flyer. Just have some flyers and... Do you want to lend us some money? <laughs> do, do you want to lend me money? Do you want some money, then? No, I'm all right with my money. That's why... I haven't been up to Edinburgh for the last couple of years. Are you doing uh, Edinburgh, Sean? Yeah, but I'm saying, Jared, I'll do yeah. two weeks maximum. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Smart now people. doing, I'll be doing a double act with a beatboxer next year. I went up this year and did it for three nights, and uh, it went pretty well. So we're gonna, we'll be doing that next year. So what, you're rapping along with him? No, no, it's a double act. He does all the beatboxing and you loop station jokes. stuff, and I do the dick jokes. I'm all about equality. There's some vagina jokes in there as well. Good and I do you. pronounce it vagina. Right, I'm very happy for you. Thank Pronou- you. Pronounce it fajita. Fajita, ooh. Right, I'll pronounce it vajinji. Vajayjay? Vajini? Okay. Vajini. Vajini. And so, that and ma- so would you, see, just the thing that bugs me, like, uh, Felicity, like, because you're <laughs> relatively new to the game. Yes. Edinburgh, the reason it's a month is you used to go up there with half a baked idea, and during the and month... develop it. It would happen, but now they review you after the first day, which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. But if you're, I, I believe if you're charging people to come and see you, then you have to be open to reviewers coming in. Because how, you know, if you're workshopping a show, then get people to donate or pay £2. Pounds. Don't that's pay, pretty much what's happening Don't now. get them to pay <laughs> £12 a ticket and you're workshopping a show. Um, that's why you do work in progress shows, right? Yeah, yeah but so, with reason, you're not going in there going, uh, I've no idea, you pretty no, much of course not. show. Yeah. People enjoy watching... You know, that yeah, but, uh, you know, if you were a punter and you paid 
I would just be annoyed that if someone came to see me in week one where I was sort of working all the tweaks out and they paid yeah. full price and then by the end of the month my shows kick ass whereas before it was just good see, and I could they- get by you, you try to save money the next you're trying to give it away would you make up your mind about your life Jared? <laughs> he's a terrible no idea. but the, yeah. the thing is like if you've got a kick-ass show at the end of the month what can you do with it what do you do with it hopefully tour yeah hopefully do you know how hard it is touring i'm out there touring at the moment yeah, but I it's only, a ball ache man i only get about 200 people max at the show that's amazing numbers but like you know, but people think it's like it is hard work. Yeah. I, I've got a tour manager now who basically never. You can comments. afford a tour manager. Well, he's the driver, isn't but it? He's the, but the other thing is, Sean, you've you've been very successful yeah. for a long time. You Not have, so mate. Much you've done really well. But for yeah. you to be touring, that of course that makes sense for someone that has been doing stand up for. Yeah, but there's so many little art centres out there that yeah. just keeps you busy. Yeah, but it's about getting people in there. That's yeah. the problem. Mate. And so it's how also many co- are you it's there? also Look, there's seventy. There's uh, at last count. Last I heard, there was about 70 comics touring. Yeah, there's a lot now. You know, and that is a lot. It's turned into another circuit. Yeah. Um, I've been... My lowest numbers have been 30, and my highest was around about 150. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I haven't been consistently getting 150. I've been charging them, like, two pounds in, yeah? No, because the tour's full sorted, mate, so full price, full price. And so, are you going to tour with the beatboxer next year, then? Uh, No, we're going to do a monthly residency. Good, in London? Yeah, in London, yeah. East End, yeah. Brick Lane. (laughs) Do you two miss home at all? This is the first first time I've ever missed home. So I've been, like, I've lived away from my home since I was... 19 or 20. Do you want me to make it... If there's an immigrant outside, I can just tell them not to come in. That would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Because, like, Australia, beautiful weather. Melbourne's beautiful. New Zealand, known as one of the biggest beauty spots in the world. Yeah. What the fuck are you two doing in fucking radio? Well, I want to work. Yeah. Yeah. Can you work. earn any money back there? No. Well, I mean, I, I did all right. Like, I did all right, but I, what I... I couldn't get better. I didn't know how to get better. That's not to say that... What, London makes you a better comic? Yeah, because I, the only way that I could think that I could get better is if I gigged more, and I couldn't gig any more than sure I was in Australia. And I just wanted to... The, the the amount of comedians that are over here and the quality of comedians, because there's so many comics over here, the highs are so high and the lows are so low, but there's so much to see all of the time. And also, you've got, you've got a live comedy circuit, um, a club circuit, you've got like an indie circuit... Then on top of that, you've got radio. Then you've got television. In Australia, there's no television ah, being made. Felicity, uh, has it affected you with this new kind of um, positive discrimination that they want women on television more? Has that helped you at all? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been over here very long. So I've, I did a, a run-through for a show. Uh, I, I don't have previous experience to say that I've, I haven't been shunned in the past in the UK because I haven't lived here. But seriously, there still isn't that many female comics. There's heaps. Not compared to male ones. Well, not no, compared, not to, compared ma- to males, males but that doesn't not. mean that yeah. there's not heaps of women. I no, mean, but what I'm saying is, like, 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 it looks like it's a great time to be a female comic because there's a lot more opportunity for you guys, which I think is fair enough. Um, it, it's also that whole, uh, what do they call it, standing on the shoulders of giants sort of thing, as in for uh, so many brilliant uh, comedians have kicked the shit out of the whole sexism yeah. and misogyny sort of aspect that was rampant on the comedy you went to circuit for a couple of years during that period. Yeah, yeah big time. <laughs> um, I had to go back to New Zealand so I could get away with it. 
Um, they were the pathfinders, do you know what I mean? They were the trailblazers. No, I totally agree, because... I'm not saying it's easier. By no means is it easier. You still have to be funny, but... Like, when you, when you were doing the comedy story, if there was a female on, they had to be very aggressive. That's the only way yeah. they get yeah. listened to. Well, that's the thing. Like, there's this myth that women only make jokes about periods and that they're always aggressive and make these really sexual stuff. You looked at 20 years ago, 30 years ago, to. you had to do that if you yeah. wanted to make it in a Friday night club. I went, actually, I went into the comedy store and there's a comedian in Australia called Wendy Harmer and um, and she's been known as a radio personality at, and like a writer for years and years and years and there was a black and white picture up there and it was from like 1989 and it got me, like it was a bit emotional. I was yeah. like, fuck, that, like, that's my roots. You know, like there's did an you Aussie. Steal it? I did steal it. Oh, yeah. I'm a convict, so. <laughs> there's a picture of me up in uh, the comedy store under my real name, John Hughes, but well, I had to change it for equity. I oh, yeah, I'm taking it down. <laughs> Yeah. 16 oh, is, candles is your real name John, is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Mm. Equity is a big thing over here. Heaps of people change their names. But, I love, but you know Sean is the Irish for John. Yeah, yeah. So. Is it? Yeah, yeah. God, that's so, weird, isn't in it? In Australia, there's two Dave Callans that are comedians. <laughs> and <laughs> people are like, which, which, which Callan? Yeah. Curly hair. Curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah curly right. hair, curly hair. And so, do you miss New Zealand then, Joe? Um, yeah, I miss aspects of it, but I would be frustrated down there trying to build a career. There's I mean, one I've got dedicated mates. comedy club in, in yeah. New Zealand. You, you got the, do you go over for the uh, festival, though? Yeah, I have done for the last handful of years, yeah. Cause it's, weirdly, like, there's always been Australians coming over, but lately there's lots more New Zealand comics coming um, over. Yes, because uh, there's a couple of really good things happening down in New Zealand at the moment. There's a thing called Class Comedians, which uh, professional stand-ups go into any schools that register for it, I think, you know, essentially grab a bunch of 15-year-olds and run them through a comedy workshop Stick and then they put the back it... of a van. Take yeah. them to shitty gigs around the country. Yeah. No, they... And then they put on a show at the end of the course with all their mates and stuff and then they can keep coming back. And, you know, there's some great comics that have come out of that who are now coming of age in, in New Zealand. But that weird thing, right, is when I came over here first, there was very few Irish comics, so I was seen as a bit of a kind of... A novelty. Yeah, mm. but yeah. It, that would have been the same with you when you came over, though, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, when I first got over here... Well, the Irish accent. Yeah, I was... I was very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I was very good. No, that's not it. That's more Nigerian. It's a lovely accent as I well as it, the yeah. Irish one. I remember uh, a guy, a Nigerian guy, stopped me and he just said, uh, where can I get a pint of lager for my enjoyment? Ah, yep. yes. And I remember having a Nigerian uh, taxi driver and there was a time that uh, China wouldn't let uh, Richard Branson balloon over their airspace. Oh, okay, yeah. And he goes, why did you not ask the man who's in charge of the sky? It's <laughs> a great question. That is it's a, a great, great question, question and lyrically told. Yeah. Um, but I've forgotten what you initially asked. No, but you, Oh, yeah, when you, I first got over here, there was maybe two or three of us um, sort of thing. So and a bit of camaraderie, but not as... Yeah, but no, there's still camaraderie. We certainly... I mean, I, I every... Uh, well, this Thursday I'm running a Kiwi comedy night um, because it's a great chance for me to see the new Kiwi comics who are coming over and for them it's go home (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna work I'm the only one no it's just so you know gives them a chance of a bit of stage time over here to ease into things and is your is your wife English is she she is so she met her over here I did yeah and what about did you meet your boyfriend over here yes yeah you didn't miss about did you the UK is the matchmaker I have uh yeah I have had my last three boyfriends I've all I've met over here, they've all been English. And they didn't Ooh. last very long, because you, you started off this interview saying you were only here about a year. Yeah, no, 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 I, this is from coming back and forth. I've right, done mate, long distance. Okay. Don't, you don't, don't, don't make it awkward. Really just don't, move to a different mate. continent. John. Did you tell them? John, don't make it awkward, mate. 
<laughs> anyway, so, so now you've got the boyfriend out, and we we start off about this dawn rays. Do, do you go dancing still, Felicity? Yes. Is it? Are you? Do, am I? Are you talking about Morning Glory? Well, that's, that's an erection. That's yeah. a no. That's a morning rave. They, yeah, it, yeah. It's a once a month thing that they do. Did you I, go? Have you been to it? I haven't been to it, but I had tickets for it last year. But I was very ill. Um, I love dancing, and it's the one thing. It's like my outlet because I don't drink, I don't take drugs or anything like that. I need, I have a lot of built up tension and stuff, and so dancing is how I get it. You should home. see. You should see her dancing. It's a total trip. Go on, give us a little twirl. No, it's radio, mate. Give us a twirl. <laughs> Go on, do a little spin for your father. Oh, sex well. So you're doing a waltz. Are you doing a boogie woo? So you just dance at home then, mainly? Yeah, or I'll go out. I just... Uh, with, with your boyfriend, you'd actually go out dancing? Yeah, to Subway. No, yeah, dancing in Subway. No, he's not a, he's not a massive dancer. He'll dance a bit. Um, just, but you can just dance around him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Actually, we went we went to a wedding a couple of months ago, and it's the first time that I've seen him on the dance floor, and he's really good. Well, yeah. Good. It's it just great. a confidence thing, man. It's a, it, was a really, it was a good moment in our relationship. I went, this is going to last. This is going to last. Well, you know what they say about dancing? Yeah. Yeah? The vertical fulfilment of a horizontal desire. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a good sentence. There. Thanks, mate. Now, we, we have ignored completely MC Mischief, who's flown directly from New York, to tell us about this. So, is this a big scene in New York now, uh, Mischief? Dawn dancing. That's right. And we call them daybreakers, and they're basically a pre-work, drink-free, drugs-free dance party. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming over all, all this way to tell us about that. You've been listening to <laughs> Felicity Ward and Jared Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to Under the Radar Thanks. with me, Sean Hughes. Uh, listen to it whenever you want. Hi. Felicity, stop dancing, will Hi. you? Stop it. Felicity, stop it. Get off the disc, Felicity. Get off. Keep going. Keep going. You dance until your heart's content. Or stops.